Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. And while you're here, go ahead and head over to our online platform, thelifeonline.cc, where you'll find content on all kinds of topics like forgiveness, healing, prophecy, faith, and so much more. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc and enjoy today's message. Well, good evening, everybody. There we go. Hey, where I grew up uh, in Colombia, uh, if, if someone said buenas noches, my mom made sure you said buenas noches back. So buenas noches. Don't, don't make me call my mom. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, so last week we uh, started talking about how to be led by the Spirit. And we had actually mentioned a few verses, you know, let's say that those that are led by the Spirit of God those are sons and daughters of God that a true, uh, not just a, not a measure of your salvation, but what actually showcases your salvation is that you can hear the voice of God. Something interesting that I heard uh, th- this week is that uh, in Israel, sh- shepherds will actually bring their flocks together. Uh, you know, to share the same grass because it's not—it's a—it's a desert, so there's only a few patches of grass, so you can't just claim it as your own. You you have to share. Uh, but what's interesting is that the sheep know the voice of their own shepherd. So when it's time to go, uh, everyone has a, a different whistle, a different shout, and then the sheep just know where they should go towards the voice of their shepherd. Uh, it, it's it's something that should also be real in our life is that we know the voice of God. And for some reason, uh, we think that this is hard. We think that this is unattainable. We think that we need to pray eight hours a day in order to be, uh, be someone that can hear the voice of God. Last week, we talked about some things that we should stop doing and start doing. I'll review for, for those of you that, that might, uh, weren't here last week. Just things to start. One is you must want to be led. Psalms 40 verse 8 says, my God, I want to do what you want. So there has to be a want. There has to be a need in your life to want it. And also, not only wanting, but be willing to do what he wants to do. Because there's a difference between, I just want to hear what you have to say so I have options, so I, so I know if I should do what you want me to do or if I just do my own thing. But that there is a, a need to want to do what he wants you to do no matter where that may take you. And last week, I told you a little bit about our testimony, my wife and I's testimony. And one of the things that she was scared of is that if she married into the ministry and something, that we would end up somewhere she would hate. That we would end up, in, I don't know, in Southeast Asia somewhere. It's not that she hates it, but it's not Colombia. Uh, and so, so she, she didn't want to be uncomfortable. But the, the word of God says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, that if we renew our mind, we will get to know the will of God that is good and that is pleasing. So not only does God might want to take you out of what you are doing right now, but whatever he has prepared for you to do and the purpose that he has for you will not only be good, but it also will be pleasing. That means that when you're doing it and when you're finished doing what he told you to do, you will be happy that you did. 
So it's not always easy. It's not always, you know, the, the, the easiest thing to do. But the word of God does say that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And sometimes we are burdened by our own plans and by our own vision of life. Well, what we should do is be led by him because his yoke, wherever he wants to take you, it will be easy and it will be light. And when we are convinced of this, then, there, then it's, it's like a veil is starting to open up where you start to understand, okay, Father, I'm ready. What do you want me to do? Let that be a prayer for today and for your life in general. When you go into work, when you go, when you go to preach, if you're invited to preach, when you go to minister, when you go to a family reunion, wherever it is, when you go into the bank, ask God, God, what do you want me to do? And let there be a willingness first. Uh, the second thing we mentioned last week is look to God's word. Psalms 119 verses 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. A lot of us are walking in the dark because we are not lighting up our path with the word of God. We, we want to hear a voice, but God wants to light up your life through his word. That you don't walk in the darkness, that you don't hit yourself with things that you cannot see, but that you do foresee things happening because you know the word of God and you are prepared. See, as Christians, we shouldn't be shocked with things happening or not happening. We should always be prepared. There's a Holy Spirit that lives inside of each and every one of us. And the Holy Spirit knows what's going to happen. He, he's already been in the future. He's already prepared. It says that he is Jehovah Jireh, the one that sees into the future and makes provision for it. So he's seen it. And he can let you know. Now, are we talking about, so does he know who wins the Powerball, and can we get in on that? It's much more than just money. It's the whole purpose of your life, that he knows what you can avoid, what you do. There's a story that I like to tell a lot. I think it was in 2011, there was a huge tsunami in, in Thailand. And I've talked about this before, but there was a tribe there that they were documenting. It's called the Mokin tribe. And the Mokin tribe is famous for being this tribe that lives in the water more than they do on land. They live so much on the water that they learn to swim before they learn how to walk. They can see 10 times farther than a normal person under uh, the under seawater because it's salt water. And so it's different because they're born in it. They live in it. They're, they're, they're always there. And when the tsunami, the day the tsunami hit, hours before, they were documenting the Mokin tribe. And all of a sudden, the Mokin people decided to go to the beach, leave their boats, and head to the mountains. Hours before. And they were crying while they were doing it. And the people documenting did not understand, why are they crying? Why are they all going up into the mountain? Until a couple of hours later, when a huge tsunami hit the beach. Now, what was different? Well, they, they heard and they saw things shift in the ocean that a normal eye was untrained to see. And why could they see something that other people couldn't see? Because they lived in it. Because they spent time in it. Because they, were per, they could perceive certain things and certain shifts. See, if you and me were to live and spend more time in the presence of God, there's certain whispers that you will hear from the throne of God that will let you know things that are to come to prepare yourself to avoid so that the recession doesn't catch you off guard, but you already know what's going to happen and you already know how to win. Yeah. 
See, it's not just walking blindly into a situation. No, you're walking with the God Almighty who already knows. Which is why my dad will always tell me, if you listen to the Holy Spirit, he will make you look smart. And that's kind of like passive aggressive against me. You know, but at the same time, there's so much wisdom in that. It's not by it's not by power. It's not by by it's not by your ability or mental capacity that you are blessed in life or that you can avoid or that you can foresee the future and the stock exchange and whatnot. No, it's the Holy Spirit living inside of you who is your helper. He is sent by God to help you. And it's hard to be helped by a person you can't hear or listen to. Which is why the word of God says, incline, incline your ear. Like you, you need to want it. And then you need to get into his word. Look to God's word. If it's not in the Bible, you will be, if you're not in the Bible, you will be in the dark. We said last week, God's will is found in his word. So stop listening for a voice and start looking for a verse. You, you, you should stop, you know, trying to hear like, God, could you paint it on my wall so I don't forget and stuff like that? No, he's already written it in a book that people have tried to burn. People have tried to eradicate from history. And it's just it's the word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away. His word will remain. So if you base your life on what the word of God is saying, you will not pass away. We just sang about it, you know, the, the rain came, the wind blew. But where were we standing? It's on the word of God. Because those that build their life on the rock are those that hear the word of God and then do the word of God. So it's a lot more simple than you think. We're like, so how do I have to do and how do I write? Is it like spiritual hieroglyphics? No, no. It's written in every language that you might want to know. And even in languages that you might never want to know. It's also written in those languages. In other words, it is made plain and simple for you and me. Psalms 119, verses 133. Guide my steps by your word. So how does the Holy Spirit guide your steps? By the word of God. Guide my steps by your word so I will not be overcome by evil. There is so much that you can avoid if you know the word of God. If you know the word of God and if you do the word of God, you are being led by the voice of God that it was spoken to be written. So and then it was written so that it might be spoken through you. So know the word of God. When was the last time you actually spent some time in the word of God? And if you're like me, I would always fight with my dad. and I always tell him, Dad, the, the thing about the Bible is that it has like this anointing to make me fall asleep. I was being honest with him. And I was like, I, I mean, the moment I start to read is the moment, like, it just falls on me in the sense. So my dad, what he told me is, well, then read the Bible standing up. So what are you making excuses for? Read it outside then. But you need the word of God. You know, don't make excuses. Oh, Father God, I just, I just fall asleep every time. Well, I said, well then, then drink some coffee before. Like, my, my, you have to just be very matter of fact. If it's important enough, you will, instead of making excuses, you will find a way. Guide my steps by your word so I will not be overcome by evil. I am a little, just a little. I'm sorry. You were right. I don't know why I'm sassy today. But I am sorry. Uh, 
We said, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Now I'm like in here, like, don't be sassy, John. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. James 4, 2 says, you desire, but you do not have. So you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight, but you do not have because you do not ask God. And it's so simple, but if we are honest, a lot of us don't really hear the voice of God because we don't ask him to speak to us. You know, we, we just expect for him to, you know, shock us in the car. You know, like, just speak whenever you want. No, no, ask, be consistent with it and actually make time for it. And then tell God, God, I want you to speak to me. And then with the last point that we said last week is not how do you ask is you ask humbly. Psalms 25 verse 9 says he guides the humble. He guides the humble in what is right. So we ask humbly. We don't ask God, does God just make me the, the coolest and richest person on the earth? So go now. I'm writing. No, no, we be humble about it. They understand why you're asking. You're asking because you need his voice in your life. You, you, you need to be able to hear his voice. And if you are going to, so ask humbly. And then number two, ask in faith. James chapter one, verses five and six. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. In other words, you have to know God. So, so all of these things start to add up. It's hard to believe in someone you don't know. And it's hard to know someone that you don't spend time with. But when you spend time with God, you know him. And when you know him, you have faith. And when you have faith, you can ask in faith. And when you can ask in faith, you will receive that which you've asked for. So where are you spending your time? What are you doing with your time? And then lastly, listen for God's response. In other words, when you do ask, don't run away. It's like, okay, Father God, let me know, and then you leave. And it's like, well, what, how's he going to let you know? It, uh, I, I was reading it this afternoon because I was reminded of this. It's a, called, it's a principle. It's called the Tomatis Principle from Alfred Tomatis, who's a phonology doctor. So a guy that understands ears and understands voice. And, and he had this patient, a very famous opera singer. And this very famous opera singer had a problem is that for some reason, there came a season in his life where he couldn't hit certain notes anymore. So they thought it was a problem with his voice and with his vocal cords. So they started to check and his vocal cords were perfect. But then they noticed that the problem that he had is that he was deaf in one ear. And the reason he was deaf in one ear is because he would sing so loud and the decibels were so loud that he himself made him like made his ear like explode. But what was interesting is that he couldn't replicate a sound that he couldn't hear. And a lot of us can't really speak the word of God because we haven't been hearing the word of God. And so because you can hear and the reason why we're not hearing the, the word of God is because all we hear in our life is our own voice. And because our voice is so loud in our life and because Fox News is so loud in our life or CNN or whatever that is. And all we're hearing is that then we've become deaf to the voice of the Lord. The word of God says that when God speaks, he speaks in a whisper, that still small voice that requires proximity. But if, if he's whispering, then I don't know how to say this, but we need to shut up, right? Like, like if he's whispering, then we need to be quiet. There needs to be less of me, more of him. 
That there has to be a mentality in our life that if we're going to listen to God, and if we're going to be in close proximity, and if we're going to spend time with him, and if we're asking for him to speak, then let him speak. And if we're going to let him speak, we have to be there, and we also have to be quiet. And I don't know about you, but I, I'm learning. Uh, I'm learning because in, to, in today's world, being quiet makes people uneasy. Uh, it, it even makes me uneasy. Like, if I'm quiet, like, I'll put on some music or something. I was like, oh, that, that's just too quiet, you know. And, or sometimes I'll put on an episode of whatever. Just I don't even want to see it. I just want the noise to be there. But, but what are, I don't know if we're afraid or not, but we should get comfortable with silence. Because it is in silence where his voice is heard the most. It's, it's the decibel level that he speaks in is when you're not listening to anything else, but you're open to his word. That you can say, speak, Father, your servant is listening. First Samuel chapter 3. That was the introduction and the, like the reminder. So now we're going to get it. First Samuel chapter 3. Verse 1. And we're going to read all of First Samuel chapter 3. I'm going to say a couple of things that I believe are good to highlight from the word of God. First Samuel chapter 3 says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord, or there's another translation that says the voice of God was very rare. In those days, the voice of God, messages that came from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. Let's just pause there because that sounds like today. And today, you cannot get weirder, or a conversation cannot get weirder if you by saying, you know, uh, I saw a vision last night. Let me tell you about the vision. And people are going to back away slowly, They're like, oh, you're one of those, you know. I am shocked, and I've said this before, but I am shocked at how many ministers talk about our pastor, Joel, and they are shocked at how much he listens to the voice of God. And I'm not questioning what they're listening to or not, although, but you know, but, but what shocks me is that they always come and they'll, they'll highlight, they'll say, Pastor Joel is just so cool, so crazy, because he'll be like watering the plants and then all of a sudden he has a vision. You know, he'll be like driving down the car and then he sees something and it's like, oh my gosh, that's a, but that, that should be, a, if, if, if we know our God, those things shouldn't be far from us says that in the last days he will pour out of his pour out his spirit and then it says that the people will have visions people will have dreams you know people will prophesy this is part of our christian heritage it's part of our inheritance in christ that you have visions that you have dreams and i'm not saying go get flaky and then now you see an angel every day and you talk to it but if but if you if you read the book of Acts, if you allow me just, you know, to, to talk a little bit. In the book of Acts, there's a story where uh, Peter walks in the door to where everyone is waiting. And they all turn to Peter and they say, ah, that's just Peter's angel. Peter's angel. Who says that? I've never said, oh, that's Hillary's angel. Do you know where Hillary is? Like the real one, not the angel? Like, are we seeing angels? And it was so common for them to see the supernatural that they were like, ah, it's Peter's angels. What's up? Like, what were they living and what were they seeing? 
But they, they, they were, and I don't want to say on another level that's unattainable because it's the same God, it's the same spirit, it's the same sacrifice, it's the same access. So it's not unattainable. To me, the book of Acts is kind of our, our, our go-to. It's kind of like the northern star. That it indicates where we should be going. Now, I'm not saying we should be flaky with the visions and stuff, but there should be visions in our life. That there should be supernatural things happening in our life. Because if a supernatural God lives inside of you and lives inside of me, then the supernatural should just become something natural in our life. Supernatural results, supernatural favor, supernatural grace, supernatural communication. That stuff that other people don't have access to, you have access because of the blood of Jesus. It says, now in those days... Messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. And the lamp of God had not gone out yet, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Location, location, location. Like, it's super important, not only in business, not only like in a restaurant, not only, it's also important in the, in the life that you have with God. Look at where Samuel lived. Samuel, it said that Samuel, now Eli, he had his own room, but Samuel decided to sleep as close as possible to where the presence of God resided at the moment, near the ark of God. So when we read the rest of the story, it's not, it just so happens that God just decided to speak to some random person. No, no, he was speaking to the person closest to him. Samuel was near the ark. Proximity is a determining factor in whether you listen to God or you don't listen to God. Verse number four. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Look, I like the spirit of, da of Daniel. It says that the moment he heard something, he was willing to serve. And I believe a servant's heart is so important in order to be led by God, that we are willing to do whatever it is. And he did not know that it was God at this moment, but he knew that it's important to serve. So whoever is speaking, I, I'm ready. He ran. When I wake up, I'm not about to run. But Samuel was prepared for it. That's why he slept where he slept. He had this mentality, if someone speaks, I'm ready to run with it. So there's a need to run. So it says, got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. So he obeyed immediately. He wasn't like, okay, well, what happened? Oh, you said go to bed. I'm going to bed. Obedience is so important. I believe it's so underrated in our Christian life. That just the fact that the, the, the how, how do you say this? I'm, my, I'm running out of English today. Uh, but the, the disposition of being obedient, uh, when you are willing to be obedient, I believe God can use that in order to lead you and to guide you. Because if he knows that you're not willing to be obedient, why would he tell you the next step? So then there is a heart issue that we need to treat first. Where we become willing to do whatever it is he wants, knowing that the will he has for us is good and is pleasing. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you. Eli replied, go back to bed. So he did. So we see here that the Lord is speaking. And you know something? The problem has never been with God's communication. 
It's always been with our reception. I, I, I gave this, uh, uh, like months ago here at Founder, I gave, I gave this example. When, when I go to turn on the TV and it's not working, I don't just say, ah, stupid TV. I knew electricity was a myth, right? Like it just doesn't work. No, there's probably a connection problem. And it's not from the satellites. It's not from the TV stations. Usually the connection problem is on my side. It's the same thing with God. God is speaking. God has things in store. God has things planned. God has things planned even before you were born. You can't just say, ah, I just knew it just wasn't going to work. No, there's a connection problem, and it's not on God's side. It's usually on our side. Samuel's servant's heart kept him in the right atmosphere and with the right attitude. Because God is always speaking, but he needs people that have the right attitude. That's why David was so important, because he was a man after God's own heart. He was willing to do whatever it took, which is why David was so highlighted through the Bible. Because he was a man that was willing to do whatever. He was willing to lose his crown if needed. David did not want the crown. David wanted God. David wanted his presence. And we said it last week, uh, Reinhard Bonnke said the same thing. He had millions of people, 79 million people were saved. And when someone asked him in an interview and told him, you must be very happy that God is blessing you with so many people, he responded and said, no, 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 no. My reward is not the people. My reward is to be with him. In other words, you can take the millions and I'll still be happy because I have him. That is an attitude that God can use. That is an attitude that God can talk to. That is an attitude that God can lead. Samuel's servant's heart kept him in the right atmosphere with the right attitude. And and, and check this out. He also had a willingness to mess up. He wasn't afraid to mess up. This is one of the things I deal with the most. Sometimes I think I hear from God. And the only way... Uh, initially you find out if it's God or not is if you work it all out and then if there's a God result or not. So that's kind of scary sometimes because you, you might hear a word of God and then you're like, you know, you got to bless someone or you got to, you know, God is telling you to say something to someone and you're like, yeah, but God, but like, what if it's not that person? Right. Or like, what if it's, or what if I'm, what if I'm just making it up or what if, and, and, and you have this problem. I remember uh, 2019, December, 2019, we had started the missions thing, organization and everything. But in December we had no plan in December. We're like, we're just going to take the month off. And then December 1st comes and my wife wakes up and then she just has something in her spirit. Proverbs 20, 27 says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. It's what God uses to direct. It's the candle that he uses is in your spirit, man. And, and, and when your flesh is placed under and you submit the flesh, you can hear the spirit more clearly. And so she was hearing the spirit and she just felt we need to do something. But I was like, but baby, but like we, we already, like we already decided this is going to be our Sabbath month, you know? <laughs> like, well, but, well, I mean, God is the God of the Sabbath. Like, don't, don't push it. She's like, I, I can't get it out of my mind. I can't get it out of my spirit. It's just something. And let's be clear, the devil will never nag you to do something that's biblical. 
because people are like, well, how do you know it was God and not the devil? Because the devil's not going to nag you constantly to bless someone. The, the devil's not going to nag you constantly to walk in love. The devil, so how do you know if you know the word, then you know, oh, the devil's not going to ask me to do a special project in December to bless 300 kids. That's not who he is. If anything, he's going to try to nag you to do something for yourself, right? To, 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 to think of you and not of Christ in any way. So we're there, and so I was like, okay, I'm not dumb. I, I know my wife has a sensitivity, and so I wasn't feeling it, but I'm like, we are one flesh. So I was like, we're going to do it because I love you. And, and so I call a missionary up, and it's like, hey, what are you doing for Christmas? He's like, we're doing when you're 300 kids. We want to bless. I'm like, okay, so how much money do you have? And he was like, well, it's funny that you ask because we have nothing. And I was like, great. And so I'm like, let me check. Let me see what we can do. And I go to the bank account, and we have nothing. So I was like, this can't be God because, you know, like God, God, God knows how much we have before he asks us. So, like, what is he trying to do? So, but, but we just had it in, him, so it, in our hearts. So I tell him, I tell him, all right, we'll, we'll fund it. We'll, we'll fully fund it. Just start working on it, and then we'll send you the cash in a few days, hopefully. So, that, so that, that's the step of faith, right? But, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. There's always, when you are being led by God, there is always that step of faith that you will take. Like when God is leading you, you still require faith. Being led by God does not make you absent of faith. It's, faith is a required substance for the walk of God on your life. So we're there, and we're so so. I go to prayer that morning because after that, I'm like, Father, the only thing I know how to do right now is pray because I don't know how we're gonna raise the money. It's in like a week, and so I start to pray. I start to pray until I, I just I just feel peace, and I just know it's like God telling us, Listen, I, I, if I gave you a vision, I'll also give you provision. Like that, that's how it works. I'll give you I'll give you what you need for the vision I have placed. So and then I talk with the pastor that day and he he even corroborates what I heard from God. He told me when God points with his finger, he provides with his hand. That's what he told me. So I'm like, OK, I'm grabbing that. So he already pointed the finger. So step number two is he's going to provide with the hand. And so we're praying the whole week. I'm like, Father, show me what to do. Do I need to work? Like, give me a job for this week. Like, what, do, what am I supposed to do? And then uh, one of those mornings in prayer, we were in Colombia. And then all of a sudden, uh, I get a text from someone that we hadn't talked to. And this happens a lot. But for someone we hadn't talked to in years, just said, hey, John David, you know, the, the Lord put me on, uh, put you on my heart months ago. And hasn't let me go. And so, so he said, so I, I know I'm just supposed to send you guys something. So here's something that I'll send. So he sent it like through Venmo or Zelle or whatever that was. Uh, and what he sent was enough for the missionary in Medellin. Completely enough. So I'm there. I'm like rejoicing in prayer. I tell Carolina, and I'm like, I never doubted you, baby. I know, like you're so so led by God. But when you are being led by God, there has to be this, like Samuel. There has to be this willingness, even to mess up. There's this willingness to where he, how do I know this? Because he woke up again. It says verse number six. Then the Lord called, called out again, Samuel. 
Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called the third time. And once again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Now, let's be honest. The first time, I understand. The second time, you question. The third time, you're crazy. At least I will look for someone else because I now know it's not Eli. Like, it, it can't be Eli pulling a joke that the first two times it was someone else and all of a sudden it's Eli. Like, but he was so willing to obey. He was so willing to serve that if he's going to hear the voice again, well, I'm going to go do it again. I'm going to go ask Eli, what do you need for the third? He was willing to mess up. So the Lord called the third time and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? And then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. Listen, God will speak to you as many times as necessary. Don't, don't fall for that trap or for that lie that's like, he's just going to say it once. And if you didn't catch it, that's over. No, he constantly speaks. The word of God actually shows that in heaven, not only does he intercede for you, but things are being said and decreed from heaven down to earth on a consistent basis towards your life. The Lord will speak as many times as necessary. Let's keep reading. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before. Samuel, Samuel. So four times it took. Samuel, Samuel. Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. And then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I am going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. This is bad news. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offerings. So Samuel stayed in bed until morning. I would too. Because Eli was, is the guy that told me how to hear from God, and now I heard from God, and now I'm going to have to tell the, my teacher this thing that's not good. It's like, Eli, like some bad stuff is about to happen, so watch out. So he says, Samuel stayed in bed until morning, then got up and opened the doors of the tabernacle as usual. Again, Samuel, first thing he did. Goes back to the presence of God. Like this is someone, so it, it can't shock you that in a time and in an era where the voice of God was never heard, it can't shock you that Samuel did hear his voice because Samuel was always there. Samuel was in close proximity to the presence of God. He was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him. Hearing from God, so I wrote this down, hearing from God does not change how you serve. You know, that moment he didn't wake up and was like, I just heard from the Lord in the time that no one heard from the Lord. So someone better open those doors because I'm about to walk in. Like, no, he heard from God and he still went back. He woke up and he still served. A servant's heart. It will keep you in the right path. It will keep you grounded instead of, you know, inflating your head with these ideas that now you're, you know, better than the rest because you can hear, you can prophesy. It should make you want to serve even more. But Eli called out to him, Samuel, my son, here I am. Samuel replied, what did the Lord say to you? Tell me everything and may God strike you and even kill you if you hide anything from me. <laughs> Their relationship was so weird. So Samuel told Eli everything. He didn't hold anything back. It is the Lord's will, Eli replied. Let him do what he thinks best. As Samuel grew up, 
the Lord was with him. And everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. So check this out. So there is a proving time when you are being led by God. In other words, it wasn't automatic. He didn't become the voice of God to his people. There was a time for him to continue to grow in these things. So don't be scared because I've missed it sometimes. I've missed it quite a few times where I'll go up to someone in Walmart or someone in Target. I just I think it's God speaking. And so I'll tell them it's like, listen, like and I'll I'll give him a word and then I'll, I'll check. Why not check? So I check. It's like, does that you know, is that good? Does that, you know, check something for you? And some people will say, no, not at all. This is a shock to me. And, and so I look at them as like, well, so I, I really, I backtrack sometimes. I'm like, well, I'm sorry, but maybe it was just me. Maybe it was just me. I'm sorry. Like, go check with God. And I'll usually let people know, you know, go check with God. Like, he can, he can corroborate if this was true. And if not, like, forget it. But you can't be scared to mess up because there has been other moments. I remember once I was in a taxi and this guy was asking me questions, just pestering me with questions. And then I just felt it. This is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to minister. So I didn't want to minister because I needed to get to the airport. And so I was just like focused on getting to the airport. But he was asking me, and what do you do? And what is it that they do? And what happens? And I'm trying to give him short answers, short answers. And, and I feel the Lord speaking to me. The Lord is speaking to me. It's like, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity. So I'm like, but what if it's not? Like, what if it's just my mind? And I need to be concentrated. So eventually I just, I give in. And so I start ministering to him. I start like, like what I feel. And one of the things is as I'm ministering is like, listen, God is, wants to open doors and all these things. And then it just comes out of me. It's like, and he wants to heal your wife from cancer. And then I like hold back. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't even know if his wife. I don't even know if he's married. Like I didn't even check for a ring just in case. And he looked at me and he stopped, which kind of irritated me because I needed to go to the airport. And he stopped and he looked at me and he started crying. He said, how do you know that I have a wife? And how did you know that I have cancer? Uh, that she has cancer? And I looked at him and I was like, well, it was God. Like, I was like, at least it worked. And so we minister. We call his wife. We, we pray over her. She, they go to church. They still go to church to this day. And my dad's church is amazing. But it was a willingness at the end to not care if you do mess up or not. But there is a proving time. You have to grow up in just like Daniel grew up in. It It wasn't automatic. It wasn't that all of a sudden he just had an open line and he could always hear. No, it says that Samuel, um, as Samuel grew up, verse 19, as Samuel grew up, the Lord was with them and everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. So if you backtrack and you just reread everything that we just saw, says that there was a willingness to set for Samuel to serve, a willingness to go and stand up and do it every time. Three times, he literally failed three times to answer the call, but he was willing to go and wake up as many times as possible. He never talked back and was like, I don't know who this is, but I mean, you guys have to be more specific. <laughs> every time God spoke, he was willing, open again, willing. And we know God is speaking. We know God is speaking right now. In your heart and in your life. And maybe what we have to do is turn everything else down around our lives so that we can hear his voice. But not only that, but then also turn up our obedience. To be willing to say, God, whatever it is you want to say tonight, I am willing to do. Whatever that means. 
with my finances, Lord. Whatever you want me to do with my finances. Uh, 2020. <laughs> There's a lot that happened in 2020. Uh, but I remember we were going through this problem. We had a bunch of debt. But then uh, at the beginning of May, I was praying. And I just felt in my spirit, you will be debt free by August. So, I, uh, I, I mean, part of me wanted that, you know, just to be true. Like, I didn't need God to speak to me. Like, I wanted to be debt free by May. Uh, so, but I told my wife, because I had to confirm it with someone. So, I told my wife, I was like, this is what I hear when I pray. When I go to work and I'm praying, this is what I'm constantly hearing. See, God is not afraid to repeat himself. He repeated himself constantly with, Dan- with Daniel until Daniel acknowledged. So, so God will probably repeat in your life until you grab it, until you catch it, until you run with it. So I, I told Carolina, this is what I feel, that we're going to be debt free. So Carolina was like, well, that's awesome. And that's it. That she didn't say anything else. So I was like, mm. so uh, a pastor called me around the same time uh, and, and we started you know, talking. And then he asked me, what has God been saying to you this uh, like this season? And that shouldn't be a question that should scare you. And that should be a question that is prevalent around our conversations. What has God been telling you? You know, what has God been speaking? Because he's someone that speaks consistently. So what has God been speaking? So I told him, listen, I mean, you know, I try to be like super spiritual, you know, all, you know, to grow in his word, to pray more, you know, set a fire up in my bones and all those things. But I told him, but to be honest... The one thing that I consistently just, it's tugging on my heart is that I'm going to be debt-free by August. And so then, he, so then he told me, he's like, listen, I called you for that, but I needed you to confirm it first. Because he was scared to say it just in case it wasn't something that I, I, I was praying about. So then we prayed right there, and then I told him, I will call you at the end of August. And around that same time, so I, I start getting excited because I'm like, okay, I, I'm listening. So, not, 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 you know, I'm not batting a thousand. There's some things I'm missing and there's some things that, you know, I'm failing and it's fine. But I'm growing. I'm growing and I'm proving. And in this growth and in this proof, I walk into the apartment one day. I look at my wife and I tell her, 30,000. Uh, and she looks at me like, what do you mean? It's like, out of, this might be great. This might just be one of those misses that I have. But I think there's a check coming for $30,000. And I told her, and it's not for us. It's for the 5,000 families that we want to feed in Colombia during the pandemic. Because they had the longest quarantine, second longest quarantine in the world was in Colombia. So people were dying in their homes because they couldn't go out. Anyway, it was demonic. So we had 5,500 and something families that signed up. And we're like, and we needed $30,000 to, to be able to buy them food for a month, all 5,000 families. So I looked at her, and I was like, $30,000 is going to come at the beginning of June. So I'm excited. I go to work. I, I, I'm making minimum wage. Like, I'm not doing much. But I'm like, I know it's going to come because God told me. And if I miss it, I miss it. But I, I don't care. I believe in a God that can do it. So I go one week, and every, mo- every afternoon I'd come back from work. I'd be like, did the 30000 come in yet? And it became a joke in our, like, in our relationship. Every time I was like, let's go check the mail for the 30000 And we'd go check. It's like, ah, it's not there yet. It's probably Daniel's angel. You know, the one that took 21 days because it was, like, late. And so, so it's probably the slow angel. Ah, we got the slow angel again. Like, and just constantly. But we didn't let go. The, the word of God says, hold on to your confession of faith. That what you are believing in, you do not let go because 
because time passes. But as time progresses, you hold on even tighter because you know a God that is moved by faith. And so we, so we're confessing it. We know it. I just know God spoke to us. So 30,000, 30,000. And then one day I walk in and Carolina looks at me. He's like, hey, so a friend called. She wants to have a meeting with us through Zoom at that moment. And so she's high up, uh, very high up in like this. In, well, she works in Uber. I, I can say that. She works in, she works in Uber. And very, very high up. And we haven't talked to her in, in months and everything. And she calls us. And she's like, hey, listen. So Uber International it needs to it needs to use some funds for like a 501c3 for a charity organization because we need some tax exemptions and stuff like that do you guys know uh you know who could receive it so i'm like oh, man, we can, uh, we're a we're a 501c3 too <laughs> and, and so she said okay she said but uh, let, let me look. And so I, she's checking and everything is like, okay, so here it is. It, it's 120 million pesos in Colombian pesos. So I was like, okay. So it sounds like a lot, but the conversion, let me tell you. So I was like, the conversion. So I'm like on my cell phone, what the conversion is. And then I'm like, oh my gosh. It's like, it wasn't a check. I missed it on the check, but it was $30,000. Like that, they, that she just transferred to our bank account. From you know the, the word of God says that the wealth of the wicked will be laid up for the righteous. I'm not saying Uber's wicked, but I'm also not saying they're a church. You know, like I mean, what I'm saying is that I, we heard from God, and it happened just like He said it would, to where it, it, it was blessed. And the reason I knew it was of God is because again, the devil is not going to convince me of money coming in to bless someone else. And the devil's not going to convince me of taking a step of faith and committing with people to bless them. Like, that's not how he works. He, he wants you to be self-centered, not people-centered, and let alone God-centered. So whatever is of God, whatever is of his scripture, like, you can know God is going to lead you around his word. Proverbs twenty twenty seven: the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Searching all the inward parts of the belly. When you listen, I'm finishing here. Uh, I promised today, I promised myself this morning, I was like, you are going to be quick, John. You are going to be efficient. Uh, and so we are. We're going to be efficient with it today. But when you hear the voice of God, it, it, it saves you from a lot of heartache. It saves you from just a, a lot of anxiety and stuff when you spend time with God. So we're, we're going to spend time with God in, in a little bit, singing a couple of songs because he inhabits the praises of his people. But learn to inhabit, learn, learn to abide while he inhabits in his praises. Learn to, learn to uh, be there. You know, don't, don't be so rushed by the things of this earth and by the things of this world. Like when you come to church, learn to abide in it a little bit. Learn to not rush to the next thing. I don't know why we're so conditioned that we're, there always has to be a next thing. We always have to do something else. And sometimes we should learn to not do something else until we have a green light from God. There's not a green light, then I'm just going to wait a little bit. I mean, I'm hungry, but I'm not that hungry. I'm not going to die right now. I'm going to wait a little bit. You know, 
one of my favorite stories, Acts 27, uh, Paul's in this boat and they've been going through uh, the, this time of rain and there's waves and lightning and just it's, it's intense. And it's been so bad that they haven't eaten for like, I think it's 11 days they haven't eaten. They're so anxious. I don't know if you've ever been so anxious that you just don't want to eat. I really haven't experienced that much because at some point I'm going to eat. But they were so anxious that they didn't eat for 11 days. And then Paul comes out and he says, guys, do not worry because I've been with the Lord. You have no idea what your time with God can do for the people that are around you. That it might just be because you spend time with God that everyone else that lives with you and everyone else that is surrounding you will also be blessed because of your time with God. And instead of trying to convince them to spend time with God with you, which is something good, just learn for you to abide in his presence. No matter if anyone, if everyone else is going to talk about the situation, is going to talk about the economy, is going to talk about the recession, is going to talk about all these things but while they're doing all of that they're not even eating because of the stress you learn how to spend time in the presence of God and you don't leave the presence of God until he speaks speak Lord your servant is listening and the reason I like that story is because he comes out and he said I've been with the Lord and he has told me that everyone that is with me is going to be saved he has given unto me those lives that are around me. So everyone's like, okay. And they said, but we're going to lose the boat. Just so you know, we're going to be good. We're going to lose the boat. But Paul was excited. So he says, so eat, guys. Eat. Because we're going to be okay. And everyone else is like, wait, but what about the boat? And sometimes we are so fixated on the things of this earth. That we're praying to God and we're like, God, okay, but save the things of this earth. And God's like, no, I can save you. You don't need the boat. You need me. To the point where they're shipwrecked and then they go into this island and he gets bitten by a snake. And he just shakes it off because sometimes you just have to shake off what the enemy's trying to put on you. Because he, but where does this faith come from? Well, where does this courage come from? From being with God. It just wasn't his way or his demeanor. It was because he was with God and he had a word from God. And because he had a word from God, he, hold on, he could hold on to this confession of his faith, to this profession. Because he knew God told me, we're going to be fine. So it doesn't matter if a snake comes. It doesn't matter if we're shipwrecked, if we're losing the boat. As long as I have a word from God, I'm going to be all right. Because on that word will I stand. And it doesn't matter what's coming against me. It doesn't matter what's coming at me. What matters is that I'm standing where I should be standing. In the unshakable, unmovable movable word of God that heaven and earth will pass away but his word will remain and as long as I have a word from the Lord I'm going to be fine I'm not saying you might not lose stuff like you might lose the boat it just so happens that in life we sometimes lose those things that are from this earth but what you don't know is that God can God can recuperate that easily what he wants is your heart What he wants is for you to be able to rely on his voice. To be like Paul in the middle of a boat that's about to be shipwrecked. And for you to save everyone around you because of your decision to hear his voice.
So you're not the savior of everyone around you. But what you do could save them. You're not the savior of your family. And sometimes we become these televangelists, personal televangelists for our kids, right? And there's love behind that. I understand. My mom, my mom was like my televangelist for years. She'd like come at me and like rebuke me and tell me things about God and prophesy over me. And I'm so thankful for my parents that way. But I also acknowledge that it was the prayers of my parents in general. Their, their decision to have the presence of God in our house at all times that saved me from a lot of heartache. Saved me from a lot of moments that I just avoided. I didn't even know I was avoiding. It's like Job when, when the devil asks God. He's like, hey, can I attack Job? And so God's like, why do you want to attack him? And so they have this conversation. But he's like, but you have put a hedge around Job and his family. In other words, I can't attack him because you put a hedge of protection around them. And I believe that as we enter into the spirit and we long for more of his voice and stuff, it's like a hedge of protection that's formed around you and yours. Being led by the Spirit has so many components to it of blessing. That because you listen to the voice of the Spirit, your family is blessed because of it. Because you listen to the voice of the Spirit, you can be a blessing to those around you. And then eventually that becomes a testimony that people can see from far away. And then it just leads them to Christ. But for today and for tonight, all I'm asking is that we take time. And enter into his presence. Come boldly into the throne, it says. Just enter in. Because of the blood of Jesus, you now have access. The more time you spend in his presence, the more tuned your ear is to his voice. Just like Daniel, it, you, you grow up in this. And then you prove yourself in this. So don't expect, and I'm not saying don't expect it. Expect the best from God every time. But if today you don't hear his voice like audible and it shakes you, it doesn't mean you didn't spend time with him. You just have to grow in these things. And just like, they're, just like you have to turn on the volume of the presence of God, you have to turn off the volume of things around you. And you got to get close. And there, there's many reasons why God speaks in, in the whisper. Proximity is one of the biggest because he wants to be close. He could speak from afar, but he doesn't just want to say something. He wants to be with you. He wants to spend time. He loves you so much. And the plans that he has for you are good, are pleasing. You will be happy you heard from the voice of God. It will make you more generous, more loving. It will make you more at peace. It will make you have more of the fruits of the Spirit in your life. It will stop you when you don't have to go. It'll make you slow to anger, quick to listen. I mean, there's a, there's a whole Bible for this. So whether you, well, actually, I'm just going to ask you to stand up. Let's just stand up. Let's just, in reverence and just kind of like change our attitude towards what's about to happen. And what's about to happen is we are going to enter into his presence. You know, that we enter his courts with praise, right? We enter his gates with thanksgiving. How you enter into his presence is this way. It's the easiest way to enter. And then just replicate this through your life and decide today to be like Daniel. Be the Daniel of your generation. 
That when no one else is hearing the voice of God, you're still hearing the voice of God. And when no one else has visions anymore, and that's just crazy, you do have visions. Because God is placing his spirit upon all flesh. His sons and daughters will prophesy, have visions, dreams. It's, it's prophesied over our life. These things do happen for today. And it doesn't make you weird. It makes you different. And better yet, it makes you effective. And that's what we're going for. Being an effective Christian on this earth. Meaning that that knife that just slices through what the devil has placed. We tear down strongholds in the name of Jesus. And it doesn't take a loud voice. It just takes the faith that I have received and that I have because I have been with God. When you have been with God, you just come out ready to fight. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you, Father, for these opportunities that you've given us. We thank you, Father, for this church. We thank you for word of life. We thank you, Father, because we have this opportunity on a Sunday night to enter into your presence for more. Just like Joshua would stay after and go for more, Father. This is us. This is your, this is your Joshua church. This is your Joshua campus, if you will. We're here for more, Father, for more of you. We didn't come because there just wasn't anything else to do. We came to hear you, Father, to abide in your presence. We come for more of you, Father. So overflow in this place. Let your glory fill this place. Speak, Father. Your, your servants are listening today. Open the eyes of our understanding, Father, that we may see, that we may know, that we may understand those things that you have in store for us. That we may know the calling that you have for us. That we may understand the riches of your inheritance. That we may see and understand the power that lives inside of us father that we may understand that we have a name that is above every name that it's a name that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that jesus christ is lord that we have been given a name that we have been given authority that we come out of this place with authority ready to stomp on the devil's head we praise you father we enter in with thanksgiving and we give you all the glory and we give you all the honor and we lift our voice tonight and we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise we glorify you tonight we worship you tonight we decide to abide in you tonight hallelujah your name be praised we praise you father all the glory all the strength all the glory all the strength all the praise hallelujah gold hallelujah hallelujah